Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 10 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we're going to be talking retirement from beginning to end. The last three weeks you've had a roadshow where we really broke up the, dis- the different investment vehicles, retirement vehicles, endowment vehicles, and the unit trust vehicle. And um, the response from the listeners was very, very interesting. On the whole, it was absolutely overwhelming for us, the amount of interest that people had. And um, it's a humbling experience because if you do this stuff all day, every day, you tend to just expect people to understand the terminologies. You expect people to have an understanding of what's going on. But it's not where people's minds are on an ongoing basis. I think it's something that concerns them. And it just reminds me as a financial planner that our function is to be there to explain things in a language that is understandable and um, in, a, in a way that is really approachable by people where they feel they can engage in the conversation. And to discuss a little bit further and to look at retirement alone and just to take the whole macro look as you, if, if you want a, a more of a high-level look at it so that we can look at retirement from the day you start planning till the day you retire is Neil Sinclair in studio with me from Glacier at Sunlam. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you, Avi. Thanks for having me back. I see that you obviously behaved since you left last time because you're back. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you know, we know the cliche that you know, 97% of people are not going to retire or 3% are going to retire or it's a little bit bigger, a little bit less. But really what it is, it's a, a percentage of a percentage of people who will really be able to retire comfortably and safely. And, you know, when I started in this industry about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit less, the the, the whole discussion there was, you know, divine, defined contribution as conferred as defined Correct. benefit. In other words... I work for this company, I've given them my best years, and they will look after me until I slip into the grave. Then all of a sudden, no, 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 well, whatever you've put in is what you're going to get out. And I remember thinking, well, that's the way it should be. You know, a farmer doesn't sow his millies and then turn around to God and say, listen, I've done my bit. I'm out of here. Well, that's a great analogy you've given us there. uh, You know, when it comes to harvest time, just send me an SMS and I'll send the tractors out. (laughs) You've got to manage it. You've got to look after it. So I think that uh, retirement in its concept is is kind of changed over time. And you've mentioned one of the primary reasons for that is that we moved away from this divine benefit to a defined contribution where uh, retirees or soon-to-be retirees or people saving for retirement have actually got to take more of a, a role. And... With that as well, the, the type of retirement that people were used to is not the retirement we're going to have in the future. We see a lot more studies coming out where uh, smart people are saying, you know what, you're actually going to work for the rest of your life. You will re- retire, but you will still have semi formal employment or you will run a small business. You will do all these kinds of things uh, to supplement your income. Also, what we've done is uh, we did a very interesting study, which we call through the years to have a look at what was uh, what was a, seemed to be the consensus amongst retirees who felt they'd retired comfortably. And there were there are some interesting sort of observations that came through from that. One of them was firstly financial security. Obviously, we need to have 
financial security in order in order to retire comfortably. But there were other things as well. They were the retirees were were optimistic about their health. In in other words, they took an interest in their health once they retired. It just wasn't a case of I'm retired now. Uh, I'm just going to wait for the grave. They rather wanted to be. They wanted to be active. They wanted to look after their health. They wanted to be to be healthy. Which, uh, as you know and I know, if you do that, what tends to happen? It actually extends. Your, your lifespan. So you need to have a little bit more money than what you originally anticipated. And also, I think uh, what a lot of our recipients, when we interviewed them, they were positive about retirement. I know when I started thinking about retirement as a youngster, saving for retirement, I thought to myself, wow, what a horrible thing to have to do. Firstly, I'm young. I'd rather spend this money on something else. I'm young and invincible. Um, why should I start thinking about Retirement now, and the answer is you need to start thinking about retirement as soon as you start to earn an income. You know the analogy I always give, and what I've found over the years is those of us with the financially humble career. Um, so that's a politically correct saying way of saying those of us who are stuck in jobs that do not pay well, like being a policeman, being a teacher, being a nurse. You'll find that those tend to be callings. People want to Correct. do it and they stay in it. As, those who Correct. stay in it because they are committed to doing their job. But what those people are also doing is they are getting used to a portion of their salary disappearing before it hits their pocket. And it gets invested on their behalf. Now, barring some ridiculous act like Steinhoff that can wipe out your retirement savings, those people, number one, get used to a humbler salary. So in other words, instead of taking home 10, they're taking home 8. They start building up from day one. So the compounding effect mm. is there immediately. And also when they look towards retirement, they're not looking at living above their means. They're used to living within mm. their means. So the whole scenario just works. They might retire in Hermanus. But they're not expecting to retire on the beach. Correct. They're very happy Correct. to retire a little bit inland. They are used to the, budgeting as well. Exactly. So mm. it's a whole mindset. Mm. And why I'm mentioning it is that what I'm seeing now in my practice is a very, very interesting mind shift. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Up until about a couple of years ago, people were just living way beyond their means. Um, and that went across all social groups. You know, you had the young black diamonds coming through, earning a lot of money compared to what they were used to growing up with, so to speak, and spending way beyond their means, getting themselves into debt. There were um, other couples who lived in communities where education was expensive. Food, well, let's, let's say in the Jewish community, mm. education is expensive, food is expensive, entertaining is expensive. Keeping off the Jones is prohibitive. And getting to debt was just, the way things were done. I'm now seeing people turning around and saying, it's not worth it. To hell with the car. So long as I can fit my kids in, I don't really care. To hell with the expense of holidays. We need to do things. We need to go on a holiday, but there are more budget ways of doing things. And people are just becoming a lot more resilient to the influences. And I think it's because they've realized that once you get into debt, you enjoy it for the first month or correct, two, correct. and but then it's you just uh, pay it off forever. That's correct. And uh, also, I think what contributes to uh, to a lot of people deciding, let's get rid of the debt, uh, let's try and focus more on savings, is the fact that uh, the market hasn't returned or given us the returns that we've been used to in the past. Uh, and a lot of people tend to forget that 
uh, the JSC of all the exchanges around the world over the longest term has given us the best return. But we are now in an environment where you can't uh, you can't bank on those 20, 25 percent returns on the JSC year in and year out. Uh, returns are going to be, as a lot of the asset managers say, lower for longer. So uh, it just really means you need to start putting away more money because your return your, your return expectation is going to be lowered, uh, and you've got to manage that. What be, what makes it even worse is the fact that. Uh, you're probably going to be living longer than than you expected, so you need to you need to learn to make that money last. Yeah, That's right. why, very importantly, is to budget. Know what you what you can anticipate in in retirement. Find ways to budget. Be thrifty where you can. Take those steps. I'm cutting you short sure. exactly a minute and a half because I want to add this time on to the next discussion because what you've just said now is absolutely fundamental. So let's take a quick break and when we come back, let's break that down step by step, idea by idea, because I'm sure there's people driving all over who's either lost their lunch or thinking about losing it or going into a cold sweat because how the hell can I put away more? When I can't even afford what I'm putting away now, and yes, it wasn't my gut feeling. My returns have been moot. They've been going nowhere. So let's take the gloves off. Let's talk hardcore when we come back. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's exactly 20 minutes past 12. Neil, we can't always say exactly, but that it was exactly 20 minutes past 12. Let's go back to the discussion we're having before. It's very emotive, and we all get very excited. But let's break it down step by step. We've got quite a long session now, so we can go through this thing methodically. Mm. Number one, you said the new catchphrase is lower for longer. The returns that we're going to be getting on our, our money are going to be lower for longer. One of the jobs of, an, of a financial planner is to manage expectations. And the mistake that's often made is expectations are managed up rather Correct. than managed down. Correct. Otherwise, they are unrealistic management of expectations rather than realistic. It's all good and well to have a client expecting great things. But when they don't return, then you wish you would have been honest from day one. Correct. Right. So I think, especially when it comes to retirement planning, I think uh, the best thing an advisor and a client can do when they sit together to decide on what is my strategy for retirement. So the strategy sort of revolves around, firstly, how much can I afford to retire? And secondly, how am I going to invest what I am able to afford for retirement? Well, let's go back to the first, how much am I going to need to retire? How do you work that out? Well, you you need you obviously need to do some kind of uh, planning and projection based on uh, information provided to you by the client. Uh, the best place to start is a budget, Mister Client. Let's have a look at your budget, and let's start to go through that budget and see which of those items you will not require in retirement. So, hopefully, by the time someone retires, there's no bond repayment. There's no car repayment, so those are items hopefully that you can uh, that you can reduce off, no off the budget. There's no varsity fees. Correct. Uh, then have very important to look at the medical aid premium because that is a premium that you could never forego in retirement. You probably will have to bank on that premium escalating uh, by more than inflation because medical inflation is higher than that Correct. of normal inflation. So you need to pay particular attention to what 
what uh, medical needs or medi- medical aid needs will be for the family. Questions that uh, that a financial planner can ask around that is. Uh, Talk to me about your fa- familial history. Uh, is your, does your family tend to live longer than anticipated? Uh, is there hereditary chronic diseases and those kinds of things that would need to be taken care of? That would all be, all be part of the budgeting process in deciding on exactly how much am I going to need uh, on a monthly basis to retire. So the, I would imagine the budget is uh, the first thing to start. Then there really are the nice-to-haves in retirement, the nice-to-haves being are you wanting to go away on holiday once a year? Those kinds of things. But uh, granted, that, that is that is affordable to very few. Uh, like I said, it's a nice to have. Uh, and then we have a look at what other assets that they have, whether it's they've got a couple of properties that they rent out, what assets are they going to take and convert to income in retirement. And that could take the form of many different types of products. You mentioned at the beginning of your show, you spoke about other assets. The client or the investor could have endowment policies, which could become very handy in retirement. They could have property that they rent out, which they might decide to sell and turn that into into capital. Uh, and they might have tax-free savings accounts or retirement annuities that they can use uh, to to convert into income when they get to retirement. So we do the budget. The person comes to you and says to you, look, I've looked at it or we've looked at it. We need 40,000 Rand today in present value. And the beauty about it today is that we've got some very nice fancy software that will automatically, by the touch of a button, as long as your assumptions are correct, will tell you what the future value will be. And then you give a need to give the client a few months just to catch their breath, start breathing mm-hmm. again, let the blood go back to the head. The whole, the whole scenario because 40,000 Rand today for a youngster um, early 40s is about 170,000 Rand a month at age Correct. 65, if not more. Correct. Um, and uh, I often say to people in you know the mid 40s, they look at this figure and they're like, their mind boggles. I say, What was your first salary check? And they laugh, Oh, it was two and a half thousand Rand. Correct. Correct. I said, And what's your medic? She says, No, okay, we, we get the analogy, we understand. Mm. Yes, we, we've forgotten how inflation has, we've lived through it. And it's only going to get worse mm. going forward, so to speak. Right. So now we've got the budget. We know what our future value will be. So I need 170,000 rand a month in future value at age 65. Um, if I just use amortization tables and, and uh, mortality tables, I'm going to live for 23 years. Therefore, my capital need and requirement is 42.5 million rand. Now, to save that at a return of 8%, I need to save X amount every month. Is that the way it goes, basically? Uh, yeah, that's a very lineal way to look at it, but I suppose it's the only way we can look at it because that's the only thing we can plan for. We can't plan for um, sequence of returns being poor consistently. We can What we can try and do is we can say, right, over the, this period, which is well, for this particular investor 40 years old, I would imagine his time horizon is at least 20 years. Through those 20 years, you're going to have a whole bunch of different market cycles that are going to play out, but you should, for a moderate investor, at least get a a return of 10% per annum over that period. So uh, the more he saves, he starts to save, and the more he sticks to that strategy, and I'll come back to my strategy, because what happens, clients... Now, who have who have decided to go and uh, buy a retirement annuity, they want to invest, and they've only been in the product for two years, they come and they have a look at the returns and they come back to you and they say, well, my returns are not what I anticipated because the returns are low. Let's do something. Let's change it. 
let's we gotta we gotta get more returns from somewhere. We can't continue like this. And um I suppose the education or the expectation to the client is Mr. Client, this this investment has a twenty year time horizon. You need to give it that time period to play out, to get the return. And often we see a lot of the um so a lot of the studies that have come forward that have shown that what happens is as soon as you start to tinker with a plan, let's move equity to cash because cash is giving a, a higher return at the moment or let's move it to some other asset class, you're actually trying to time the market and you will reduce your returns as opposed to having stayed invested. It is much better to stick to the plan to the long term. An easier way, I suppose, is to have a look at the the, the assets that you bought or the fund fact sheet, what, what I like to call the label on the fund, and have a look at what mandate the asset manager is given to the client. Because normally on the fund fact sheet, it will say to the client, Mr. Client, the time horizon for this investment is five years, which means you need to give the asset manager five years for what they had proposed on that label to play out. So, Neil, just to, in, uh, on that mm. note, if, if those of you are trying to conceptualize or you're sitting with what was called a fun fact sheet in, in front of you, it's, it's a very complex document with lots of different portions on it. But that information that Neil was just speaking about is often on the top left-hand corner. Correct. It'll, so, in other words, where your eye will go to the beginning. That's where it will start. And it will give you that. Um, so, what and it will not be long-winded. It will be small writing, but it will be a couple of lines that are easily understandable. What is the scope? What is the objective? What's the mandate? Where are we going to invest? And what's the time horizon? And I think almost all companies will give you a little color indicator. Correct. From you know zero being no risk to ten to being high risk or anything from low to high, mm-hmm. and it'll give you a color in between as to where it is. And again, the higher you are, the more volatile you're going to be. Correct. And the longer the period you're going to need for that investment Correct. strategy to play out. And a very good, and we've had a very good example of this recently where uh, for the last three years prior to November, the, the JSC gave you flat returns. You could have got a better return at the bank. So what happened is we had a large portion of investors shift from their uh, the normal investments from what we like to call uh, risk assets into cash to get their 5 or 6 or 7% return before tax only to find once they had done that the market had run by 22% and they'd missed out on that chunk of returns that the market had gave them. Now you can't switch back to get those well, you can switch back to get those returns but you've missed them so you need to wait for the next cycle of return. And when you switch back you're switching back at the height at the peak. Correct. So you you know, there's there's two beautiful studies that are done. One is done by Alan Gray, and it's I think it's easily findable on the on the web uh, where they 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 took a real live example. I've seen it from them at almost every mm-hmm. presentation, where every time a client got emotional, she bought and sold. And really, if you want to see someone who timed the market perfectly wrong, it was her. Correct. And because it just was an emotional buyer, and it was an absolute instruction. And then there's just this line running through it where they show. Had she just stuck it out, how nicely the returns would have been. Um, and then, Neil, it's, it's a company that's, uh, I think, uh, independent to both you and I. It's, uh, Momentum brought out a beautiful study towards the end of last year where they took 10 companies and they chose a particular fund. It was the balance fund. And they, each company was graded with a different color. And then they stacked them in over 10 years. So you're 1 to 5 on top. You're 6 to 8 to, to 10 at the bottom. 
And they showed year by year where the position was out of the 10. And it was an absolutely fascinating study. Because they were never the same fund first all the time. There you go. And never mind that, they were never the same quartiles. Correct. And I keep looking and I say, in year one, number 10 and number one are both smart people running these funds. They have the same objective, maximize the returns for the investors and not get crucified at the next investor meeting. Mm. You know, they don't want to go mental, but they don't want to go with a mouthful of teeth. They want to go in with, and yet, this is just the nature of investing. Mm. So, what you said to me off air, if I can just repeat it, and you're quite firm with me because I'm going through this at the moment now, where where clients are a little bit upset because returns are, are flat. Correct. And, you know, cash and this and that. But the bottom line is, it's a 10-year cycle. If you're not going to be in it for 10 years and stick to the plan. Stick to the plan is very important. So, uh, there was also a very nice study, which I've noticed a couple of other asset managers are using now, where they actually took a graph and they said, uh, I can't remember the time period, but there were something like 5,000 different days that they were looking at on the JSE. And what they did was they took out the top 10 trading days on the JSE, and the client's capital literally halved because they missed the top 10 trading days on the JSE. Now, the question is, how can you time that? How can you pick out the top 10 trading days amongst 5,000 odd? It's virtually impossible so you've really got to stay invested to make sure you do not miss out on those trading days the thing is with investing on the JSE you need to be comfortable with the fact that you will lose money short term the potential for that is there markets go up and down and they're incredibly volatile but over the long term it's critically important to stay invested what's also very interesting about the JSE it is probably the one of the only uh, listed exchanges around the world which over a rolling five-year period has never lost money. And having said that, just to cement your, your, your comment now, we've just had two uh, National Executive Committee members leaving President Jacob Zuma's house, delivering the final blow of his presidency to him. Um, I haven't checked the markets since about 10 o'clock this morning. But I've got nothing scary on my phone to say there's been a huge dip. We we dip now, but international markets dipped. We dip now because of this almost blasphemous report that came out. We can call them it now, but they called Steinhoff right. So they've got it 50% right so far. But the bottom line is that our market should be dead. With what we've been through politically over the last 18 months or longer, we have weathered so well. The markets almost ignored government. And it really shows the resilience of our country and the resilience of its people and the fact that we have proper, proper businesses in this country. Yes, uh, the optimism is there. Uh, recently, last week, I spent a lot of time with various different asset managers. And for the first time, they were telling us stories about uh, the international branches where international investors now uh, want to be part of the South African story. So uh, there's one particular asset manager was saying up until uh, December, he was off to an investment summit in Boston and he didn't have one single appointment penciled into his diary because no one wanted to see him. Now he has 27 appointments scheduled for three days. That's how many people are now interested to hear the story. Uh, and what is also interesting from a lot of investors, uh, and he told the story, he said, well, he had this investor come to say to him to say, you know what, we missed, uh, we, we missed the Brazil uh, recovery, we missed the Greek recovery, we don't want to miss out on the South African recovery. So th- there is a lot of optimism. 
ahead. Uh, I say that with a caveat in that there's still a lot of work to be done by SA Inc. in that we will get rid of Jacob Zuma, whether it's today or through a vote of not confidence. Uh, but there's still a lot of hard work that needs to be put in. We still need to right the wrongs that have happened in the state-owned entities. Uh, we need the right people in the right portfolios to continue this re- renewed optimism that, that the international community has in South Africa. But I'm also optimistic. Um, what has hurt investors is the strengthening of the RAND because most of your balance funds, some of your equity funds, they take a 25% allocation in offshore markets. And if the RAND strengthens, you do, you do see that coming through in muted returns on, the, on those particular investments. Oh, the dollar weakens. All the dollar weakens? So either way, yeah. we, we, we've got it there. Yeah. Okay, Neil, so we, we just took a bit of an emotional ride on the side, but sure. just to, to put it in perspective, coming back to the hardcore stuff, people have to invest lo- uh, more for longer for two reasons, because they need greater capital when they retire and because the returns going forward are muted and we're never quite sure when we're going to have that incredible bull market and when the bears are going to come sit around for a while. So you've got to be able to weather the storm, both the highs and the low throughout that period. Correct. Now, the other thing that really snookers the whole retirement planning is inflation and medical inflation. Medical inflation, or even though we know it's two or three basis points above um, no, sorry, it's two or three percentage points Correct. above normal Correct. inflation. We sort of know what it is, but it's an international benchmark. A lot of R&D is done overseas. So we can work around 10 11% there. But CPI is a hit and a miss because it takes a basket of goods into account. So the inflation register for CPI, that a lot of the stuff in the basket you and I are not using. Correct. And, you know, what we look at is what happens when our families go to pick and pay? What happens with school fees? What happens with fuel? And those are the things that go up every year by more than 10%. So I suppose a practical way, and it's a little bit of hard work, but it'll pay out for you in the long run, is that you need to decide on your basket of goods or what you think your basket of goods will be at retirement. And you need to start tracking the cost of those items, the inflation. So the School fees, we, we're hoping, will be gone by then. Um, medical inflation is a definite cost impact, and it's going to eat into your uh, your retirement savings if you don't factor inflation into that, because the more you're going to be spending on your medical, the less disposable income you're actually going to have for that. Um, other things that you can, so you want to look at, you want to look at your electricity. What is, what is the trend being of your electricity increases over the lo- over time? Try to factor those in. Do you live in a complex? Does that complex charge you a levy? What is that levy escalation being like? So you need to factor in escalation, uh, and inflation into that because with respect, in retirement, your biggest risk is not the movements of the markets. Your biggest risk to a happy retirement is inflation. If you do not factor in inflation, you're going to find yourself sorely underfunded down the line. Uh, many stories of clients who have saved enough money at retirement, but they make the fatal error of choosing the incorrect product. They decide to take maximum income at inception of retirement, and they do not link that income to any sort of inflationary increases. Ten years down the line, you would agree with me that 10,000 Rand bought a lot more 10 years ago than 10,000 Rand would buy you today. You could buy something 10,000 Rand 10 years ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the so I suppose that's the challenge. You you definitely need to make sure that you you cover for those inflationary increases. So that really boils down to actually doing the numbers, Correct. sitting down, crunching the numbers. Um, you know, the, the, there's there's a beautiful piece of software that I use, and I say to clients. These are the hardcore figures that we've put in based on the current assumptions. But let's go and change one or two things. First of all, you told me you need 40. Let's just make it 50 because I know that you, you, know, you just try. Let's put in 50 and see what happens. And the difference is, is massive. It, it's, it's millions of rands difference at retirement. Millions of millions at retirement. Let's go and change the return. So instead of getting eight, ten percent, let's go down to eight because I think at the moment I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. Let's change time and from sixty to sixty-five because it's unlikely it's mm. going to happen. And let's change mortality rate instead of twenty-three years. You keep thinking about your dad who's ninety-seven and still drinks, smokes, and uh, I don't know, plays pool. Let's make it a hundred because it's 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 realistic mm. these days. And you look at it and people say to you, "But that's impossible." I said, but that it, it is impossible to maybe get there financially, but the reality is that could very well be your mm. scenario. You need to try and plan for the worst. Hundred percent, Neil. We we're running out of time, but I think we've sort of spent a lot of time on this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's look at the positive things that one can do in retirement, like how much you can drink and how much you can party. <laughs> and, no, no. Well, Sounds we'll, like a good idea. <laughs> let's take a quick break. We'll be back in okay. a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. It's 20 minutes to 1. Thank you so much for staying with us. And those of you who have joined us, thank you so much for joining. Put your car over, sit down, get a cold drink out or a bottle of water. Because for the next 20 minutes, we're going to be finishing off our discussion for retirement. But we're going to be looking at the studies that have been done about the positive things that people have done besides the money, monetary financial matters in order to get themselves through retirement in the richest possible way. And But before we get there, I just want to let you know that if you are retiring or you are retired and you want to save a few bucks, <laughs> okay, Neil just gave me a roll of the eyes. He didn't like the analogy. Neil... People retire. There are two factors besides money that make it a lot more rich, so to speak. What studies? What have the studies found on those issues? So when we chatted to what we called our happy retirees, uh, what, there were some common themes that came through, and and one of the one of those themes was they decided to stay connected to their community. What do I mean by that? Well. They didn't want to sit on the porch waiting for their kids or their grandkids to come and visit. They decided to make uh, a, an active decision that they were going to take part in their community. Some people decided that they were they would tutor people for free, or they would ju- uh, join community products, uh, uh, community projects to stay close to their community. They found ways to stay connected, and that was very important to them. It, one of their things was they also viewed retirement in a very positive manner. What they wanted to do is use retirement in a way that gave them time to do things they actually couldn't do when they were working. We've had uh, a 70-year-old lady that actually took up surfing and found absolute complete joy in something she thought she would never get the opportunity to do. And yet she felt more alive and happy because these were the things that she was able to do. Take up surfing. 
with the thoughts of, okay, maybe one, once I've taken up the surfing, I can teach some other old ladies to surf as well. So new hobby, staying connected to the communities, looking at retirement with a positive attitude, not just I'm, I'm here, I'm now waiting for the grave, but there are opportunities that retirement presents themselves to people that they can take advantage of. There's a beautiful clip on YouTube about a nun who was introduced to running by a, a priest. Um, and she's an older lady. I mean, she's done her service to the community entire life. And she took up running and she became a triathlete. Well, there you go. In 2016, I think she did 83 triathlons. Sure. If you work it out, that's more than one a, that you know, is more than one a week. That's impressive. Um, and what it is, is that every morning she wakes up and she runs to the lake. She then swims, depending on the season, with or without a wetsuit. And then she cycles back somehow. So she does a full session every single day. And when you look at her, she is an old lady. She, it's not a magic elixir where she looks 21 in. Mm. She looks like an old lady. When she runs, you can see that she hasn't got that flexibility. But the lady is more alive than many people 30, 40 years younger than her. And the inspiration that she has created by doing this is testament to what you're saying. Correct. It's just finding those things in life that maybe this lady didn't have in her active nun career where she was just spending the time with people all the time. She's got now time to really do those things that she didn't have before. I recently read a very interesting article on um, a study that they did in the United States. And it's slightly off topic, but it was around a lot of the school shootings that they have. And mm. um, they actually, one of the conclusions that they came to in the study is that the reason there seems to be so much more violence in the schools or in the communities is that uh, what is happening in the States is that people are much less connected to their communities. Whereas they've found a lot more happiness with people, even though they may be poorer, but if they're connected to their community, they're connected to their neighbor, uh, there is some sort of social interaction. They're not, they're not feeling like they're completely alone uh, in, or in later age or even as teens, that they're less likely to have those kinds of outcomes. So community, very important. Staying connected. Staying connected doesn't mean phoning up the kids only. Staying connected means... Chat to your neighbor, get involved in community project, projects, be positive about uh, what you can contribute because often I think that uh, retirees can contribute a lot more than some of the people that are out there in the world at the moment. Uh, they've got a lot more insight. They are a lot less pressured by social media than what we have in our current worlds or a lot less pressured by their jobs. They can actually impart wisdom and I think a little bit of love and happiness in communities. So stay connected to your community. You know, I was just looking through your press release here, which is a very nice um, pie chart, which we actually going to put on our Facebook page. So go have a look at it. But um, you just got here, a chap who finished his master's in astrophysics at age 61. Um, my mother-in-law, who just turned 70, um, finished her PhD, I think, two years ago in education. And it took her 10 years or eight years to do it. So it wasn't something she sat down and, I'm going to knock out a PhD. It was a, it was a living organism, this thing. It, it, it became a life. Exactly. And it evolved. And, and I just keep thinking, here's someone who's worked so incredibly hard in those, the autumn time in her educational career. But he's leaving a legacy that will be used for many, many, many years to come and has made her absolutely relevant and put her on the cutting edge 
Whereas otherwise she would have just maybe, you know, you had your time. Yeah. All of a sudden you've reinvented uh, yourself. Exactly. And they have so much to contribute. And they've got the, I suppose, the, the wisdom of experience. And I think sometimes the world would be a better place if the younger generation listened a little bit more to that older generation. Sure, we live in a very different world to what they grew up in, but uh, there's experience and wisdom that comes with that, and maybe we should uh, listen a little bit more. Um, so one of the senior managers at, uh, at Discovery, a guy, Kalinel, uses an expression often, and I, I just heard it from him yesterday, so that's why I'm repeating it today. He says, where's the wisdom of the old Indians gone? And he turned around to some people in the audience and says, no, I'm talking about the American, what we refuse to refer to as the Red Indians. I think the correct term is now the Native American mm. Indians um, or Native Americans. And he, he uses the analogy of sitting around the fire, listening to the stories. He says that's wisdom that you cannot learn unless you are physically sitting at their feet, listening. And what we're saying is that there's a whole retiree community out there that is ready and willing to impart this knowledge, we just need to be humble enough to go and listen to it. Agreed. And what it does, it's a win-win situation. By retiring people, imparting that information, they being made relevant. By us receiving that information, we are getting that information which can enhance our lives. Correct. Well, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, the last thing that I, I want to discuss is just the idea of looking forward positively. We've discussed a few activities, mm-hmm. but let's just talk a little bit about the studies and the mindset that they've come up with. We'll be back in a moment. Abi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. Neil, we've got exactly about four minutes until we have to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for coming in. Neil, how do people get hold of you? How do people get hold of Glacier? How do people get hold of this information? Um, to get hold of the information, you can visit our website www.glacier.co.za. All our contact details are there. Some of the interesting insights you will find there. Uh, our contact numbers there. If they phone through to the call center, they'll put you in touch with uh, any of the salespeople there if, if they want assistance. But really, we're an intermediated business. So if you want some insights into Glacier or into any of our studies, uh, we advise clients to go to their financial intermediary Uh who will then get in touch with us. That's, how, that's really how we run our business model. We're not direct to the public type business. If you've got a person who's frustrated with their financial plan, a person who goes on the website is a little bit overwhelmed, would it be possible for them to call the call center, Correct. ask to speak to you, and you then put them onto somebody? Yes, uh, so we do have that often. What we will do is we'll say, well, why are you frustrated? If there are valid reasons for the frustration, we will then gladly pass on a, a referral uh, within, the, within the client's area. We, we would happily do that, yes. So, Neil, what I'm saying to clients is please don't be frustrated. If you've got an issue and if you are with Sunlam, Inglacia is most probably one of the cutting-edge product houses in the country. Pick up the phone, call Neil, say to him, please send someone else to, out to see me, and then sit down and take it from there. But before I say goodbye to you, mindset is really, really what's really, really important. Um, again, to give a political analogy, I heard one of the commentators say the other day that we've often heard people say, I'm not going to vote because what's the point? Correct. That, we're hoping, is going to change. Those people who didn't vote are going to start voting because they see a point and they're now passionate about making a difference once again. And positive about the future. Exactly. 
Retirement doesn't mean that all of a sudden we have to start looking forward to a pacemaker, obesity, you know, all these issues, incontinent, sitting on the wheel in, in, in a rocking chair with a pipe. It means now just not having to go to work if you don't want to. It means about doing those things that you've always never had time for and the time is now. But it's most importantly about a positive mindset. Well, uh, that's the first start, uh, really, for me, because... Firstly, you need to be very positive. You need to make a positive decision to do to save for retirement, and you need to adopt a positive mindset that when retirement does come, it's actually going to be the happiest part of my existence here. I don't have to work. I don't have to answer to a boss. I don't have to be in the office at nine o'clock. Be positive. Uh, take you're going to have some extra time on your hands to do those things you've always wanted to do, or uh, do more of those things that you love doing. You know, you just remind me of something, and I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a liberty, a bit of poetic license, and just say a, a bit of a, a bit of a dedication and a bit of a shout out to two ex-colleagues who are now in New Zealand. Funny enough, um, a guy Deirdre Prinsloo and another guy Simon Hodgkinson, who both left the financial planning industry, went overseas to us to New Zealand, tried to get back into it, and actually decided that they wanted to do things that were totally, totally different. And they have both made incredible successes in following a passion, simply because they had a bit of financial backing, they had a bit of time on their hands, their wives had, had another income. And it's amazing to see how these men as human beings, as, as people, have flourished. And I'm just using that as an analogy for retirement. Correct. There was a very scary time taking your family overseas, not quite sure what you were going to do. But when you got there deciding, life's too short to do things I'm not happy doing. And uh, the princes have opened up this guest home that looks amazing. They are booked out as a South African flair to it, and, and, and they're doing very well. And Simon has actually become a court orderly. And he says that, you know, he works very limited hours. It's, it's a very low stress, and he spends the rest of his time playing electric guitar and learning guitar which is something that he said he always had in South Africa but never had the time to really invest in it and if they could change careers then we can look towards retirement with the same eye yes great Neil thank you very much for coming in thank you for controlling um, Evie, thank you next week I just want to let everybody know that I'm not going to be I'm going overseas it's my son's Tekis Kumta and so I will not be I'm looking very very forward to be there and uh, thank you for listening, but I will prepare some very interesting YouTube clips, which Tabo will put together for me and play, but we will see you the week after. Thanks so much and goodbye.